Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello. And happy Monday, everybody. Hope that you're happy, healthy, and safe wherever you are right now. Uh, we have uh, temperatures getting a little bit, uh, a little more hospitable. We've got, oh, it's going to be 51 degrees on Wednesday. You guys, I'm going hiking. I'm going to go some, find some muddy paths in the, in the forest preserve and uh, go for a walk. I want to thank folks who came out to the Laugh Factory last night. Uh, we had a show. Um, my last Sunday night show for a little bit. We are, as Richard, as uh, Richard Chu was saying on Joan's show, that conversation about all the uh, shows on WCPT and the conversations we'll be having uh, heading into the election. Uh, I, I'm trying to not spread myself so thin. I have so many responsibilities at home. I want to make sure that these conversations are as uh, as fulfilling and as rounded as we can possibly make them. So if you have thoughts on conversations you want to hear, you know, we're booking, again, local uh, local activists and leaders, electeds. We're talking to authors and researchers. Uh, so we're doing local and national, obviously, and, and we'll touch on a lot of things internationally because that does play an important role in this year election. So because of all the uh, just I, I need to focus uh, and I want to make sure that that I'm here for you and for obviously for my family. Sorry, actually, my family first and then you. But uh, we, we have just a lot of um, rolling up our sleeves ahead of us. So I, I, and, I and we want to be mindful uh, in these conversations to to manage our emotions. There's a lot going on. I, uh, uh, you know, how long did it take Donald Trump to blow right through the uh, the decision against him for eighty three million dollars to keep his mouth shut about E. Jean Carroll? And within forty eight hours, already retweeting stuff about here are the myths about E. Jean Carroll. And all these, uh, you know, he's just retweeting conspiracy stuff and negative information about her. Maybe his lawyers are like, well, he he didn't say it himself. He was just sharing things that maybe people would be interested in reading. And I'm guessing that's how they uh, just sort of scrape that off. But uh, I. <laughs> There's just so many things happening. I was also listening to Joan's show when Mayor Johnson uh, made the announcement as to what is going to happen next in our shelters. You know, um, I loved what they were saying. We have a moment here where we need to say, okay, look, we support you. We want you to do well here. We also think that this is heading in a direction when you're talking about the mayor kind of corralling older people in small groups so they do not have to have public notes about that. Uh, it's, it's, it's not making us feel as though um, everything is uh, on the up and up. Not on the up and up. I don't even want to say that. We we need some convincing. And and I agree with them as well that Mayor Brandon Johnson is a convincing orator. So lay it out for us. Um, I really do want to know between him and Governor Pritzker, we see a lot of back and forth that, uh, well, the state needs to expand locations where we can have migrants. And then, the, and then the state is like, hey, we've done a lot. We've spent more than you have. Uh, these are conversations that quite frankly, should be happening in their offices on their phones. And this, to, 
either they never did that and just decided to pit each other against each other in the media or they ran out of road when it came to the path of their conversations. I don't know what it is, but I, I really don't want to be in the middle of this. I want to know that they have smart people handling this, solving problems before they loop in reporters and put things on social media. That's what I'm really frustrated about as well. So uh, what's on your mind? Will we get open up the phone lines? Because I know we have a lot going on. Uh, <laughs> 773-763-9278. Because coming up at, at 530, we have Dr. Jason Bissell joining us. Because in addition to these conversations, I want to make sure we are all taking care of ourselves and of each other. So uh, our favorite acupuncturist, Dr. Jason Bussell, will join us at 530 because we often talk about our self-care, about nutrition, about uh, acupuncture and different ways that that can help you through stress or injury or illness. Um, and then we're going to talk, oh, we're going to talk to Hermine Herman coming up at six o'clock. Uh, you know, there's a great five-part series that she has. She's produced a five-part television series for Black History Month that will be airing on NBC here in Chicago. And we also coming up at 630, this is going to be a big year for labor. So I'm excited to start having conversations tomorrow. We're going to have Richard jobs and in from SAG-AFTRA to go over what the contract uh, ended up being and how that is playing out already in this new year. So coming up at 6.30, we're going to talk to uh, Sean Allen, Jimmy Fulton, and Tony Dem from the Bricklayers Union to find out what's going on in our trades unions locally as well. So excited to have those conversations because I really do think that labor is going to be huge in uh, this election season. Uh, but I want to know, uh, I, I, this there's a, a report that apparently came out a week ago and I don't know if, if it was on the news and I just missed it and it didn't really blow up. I hate that, that some things don't really take a hold of our attention until there are certain people on social media that run with it. But there's a story out about, I guess there was an investigation into the White House during the Trump administration and how their pharmacy was run. And it turns out that guy, Ronnie, who uh, said that, you know, Donald Trump was incredibly healthy and uh, he passed, passed with flying colors and, and uh, by the way, helped adjust his weight because uh, I'm sure he was tipping the scales at far more than our good friend Ronnie put on those uh, those documents. Thousands. You guys, you have to look at some of these uh, these stories about the the supply of medications that was in the pharmacy, thousands of pills of, uh, there was fentanyl, fentanyl. I, I there were, <laughs> there were, there were many opioids, uh, Ambien, thousands of Ambien pills. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm, I kind of, this is one of these things that's so absurd. I have to laugh at it, but this is horrifying to know that there were thousands of, there was ketamine, fentanyl, uh, I'm trying to think of all the narcotics. There was uh, like this, these sort of psychotropics that help you neurologically be more cognitive, which I'm guessing there's uh, a lot of need for that. But these, are, but by the way, these are not just for the president, <laughs> clearly, because he can't consume 5,000 pills in what, a six or seven month period, time period. But a lot of uh, these medications I'm, apparently were going to his staff. There was no monitoring over who was getting how much and when. And I mean, I get that it had to be stressful working in the White House, but are we seriously taking fentanyl to get through a day with with President Trump or is President Trump? I, we need to know a lot more about this. What's really uh, irritating, uh, the whole thing is is uh, terrifying. But one of the irritating headlines that I saw was uh, 
Biden, previous administration before Biden, basically mentions Biden and White House and says, you know, suspicious pharmaceutical activity. It doesn't say the Trump White House. That's all you got to say. The Trump White House did some sketchy stuff. That seems like the best way to go with that. Uh, We have some phone callers lining up. Let me, I can't hear anything in my headphones, so I'm going to have to hope that I can hear folks when they call in. Maybe, you know what, maybe I'm plugged into the wrong place. We were kind of figuring out, hold on, everybody. Let me see if, I, oh, there we go. All right, let's get to our first phone call. We've got Brian and Joliet. Hey, Brian and Joliet, what's on your mind, my friend? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, the reason I'm uh, phoning in is uh, because uh, I've uh, heard uh, disturbing uh, reports uh, once again uh, in the last, uh, oh, 12 hours or so, and then before that, that uh, U.S. Uh, uh, plans, and I assume uh, if it's not Biden, then someone in the U.S. wants to have airstrikes against uh, Iran, and uh, that would uh, inevitably lead to World War III because Tehran and Moscow are allied. They trade oil and gasoline, and that would lead to nuclear war. I have not seen. I agree. I agree with you that that this is a very dangerous territory that we're in. Uh, In in response to three American um, U.S. air, they were military that were killed in a strike, and. I I have not heard anyone say that we are going to strike. I have heard that there will be an appropriate reaction. Well, I heard reports to that effect that some wanted it. So, uh, hopefully, uh, uh, Biden uh, comes to his senses on this and uh, and orders uh, uh, that fascist Netanyahu to retreat from Gaza. And uh, I support the two-state solution uh, myself. Uh, however, uh, airstrikes into Iran would inevitably lead to World War III as a nuclear war. Right. Again, I have not seen anything out of the White House and the statements from the, uh, the, the press team and President Biden himself that he will strike with a drone strike. I know that they said that they shall respond after the American troops were killed and dozens more were injured. And, but all I've heard is that there will be a response, just not, I have not well, heard that I don't know be. what American troops are doing there in the first place anymore. They should have been not there in any event. Right. They were, uh, this was in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border was where the, the troops were and where they were hit. Uh, yes, yeah. I understand that. I don't know I, what U.S. troops are you... doing around the Syrian border uh, with Russian troops in that area since probably, I think, probably late 2019, early 2020, unless uh, uh, who's ever in charge of the government has gone completely off their rockers and wants World War Three as a nuclear war. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the, the game of chicken that it seems like people are playing. I'm trying to figure out why we are. I haven't seen anything, uh, any updates uh, or explanations as to what our uh, activity is uh, on the Syrian border. But uh, these are things that. Well, I, yes. I, I think I've made my points very well, and I uh, appreciate the uh, airtime for okay. allowing me to express them. Appreciate it. Take care, Brian. Let's get the gym in Chicago. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind? Hi, Patty. I just hope the Venezuelan people make a nice peace out of Chicago. Because Chicago, remember, you've got the Irish, the Italians, the Mexicans, the Puerto Ricans. And we've got everything in Chicago. I just hope they successfully settle here before they drop the bomb on Chicago. But anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah, no, but you know, it's, you know, it's so funny about that. I had an uncle, believe it or not, he was a. 
geography, uh, a PhD geography, he flew over Russia and pointing where we were going to drop the bombs in Russia, in Leningrad, so on and so forth. All the street. Well, anyway, one night we're out, and he gave me the streets in Chicago. There were like six or seven streets. Wacker and uh, Wacker, I mean, every street. My hair was standing up on that by the time I got done with them. You know, there were like 15 nuclear bombs that are for Chicago at different streets. He told me the streets. Cause, oh. Anyway, they exchanged this information. But anyway, let's what? let that slide for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, let that go. It'll give you pause. But I just hope... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, whatever the case may be, but at least it's over with quick because we're in Chicago, so you're you're gone in a minute, so maybe you can be merciful. But anyway, I hope these Venezuelans sell the place, and uh, you know, like the Ukrainians, I, I drink with the Ukrainians on Chicago Avenue. There, they're lovely people, and uh, you know, they took them in because they were assimilated a little bit. You know what I mean, Danny? Yeah, I mean, you well, need some, you, the folks, the folks that are coming here, like when my mom came here, that was her goal. She she moved to an area where she couldn't even rely on on speaking Spanish with neighbors. She moved to a predominantly uh, white and English speaking neighborhood so she could assimilate. Uh, everyone has a different path toward that, but yeah, that's all anybody when they come here they they want to just survive and make a better life for themselves and their children. Yeah, we always said we always said you know illegal. They were you know, I didn't care what they were, but they were Mexican, right from Mexico, you know, right. at our Christmas parties and stuff like that. But I, I thought it was I thought it was fabulous, you know, because they were all all they were looking for is to make a living, you know, to make a decent living. Exactly. Exactly. That's all anybody wants. Thanks for calling. Yeah, that's all I wanted yeah. to do. Thank you. Have a great night, Jim. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and continue our conversation. Uh, let's uh, find out. Oh, I am very excited about the uh, the teams that are heading to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I'm, yay! Congratulations, Taylor Swift. I mean, I know there are a bunch of other ball players that are probably excited too, but I really loved watching those MAGA tears flow last night. They're just so angry. <laughs> Love it. Well, let's thank our sponsors, Monaco Brewing Company. Go to monacobrewingcompany.com and find out about some of the great brews uh, that they've got in store for you. Uh, you can pick up some in the Chicagoland area. If you go to the Patty Vasquez show page, you can see pinned there right at the top some of the neighborhood and uh, community locations where you can grab maybe a new schoolhouse Bach, uh, which I think I really think we need to bring back schoolhouse rock. But he's got this incredible Bach you've got to try, as well as some of his uh, nitro woke coffee. He's got his woke coffee mugs back in stock so you can order one of those online maybe a t-shirt got some great uh, merchandise for you to take a gander at so that's at monacobrewingcompany.com or follow them on monaco brewing company on facebook we also want to thank warren price at european u.s collision center at 4080 north broadway you can go to europeanus.com and find out more about european u.s collision center a division of technocraft uh warren's my guy and uh whenever i've got a, a fender bender uh I, first i'm like oh, do i really have to take care of this now and then i take Take it over to Warren. I also want to thank our friends at Kids Above All. Don't forget they've got Step Up Saturdays, helping ki- helping kids reach their potential, making sure that they have healthy, happy, healthy, safe lives. I'm making up words as we go. Healthy. That's what I said, Paul. Healthy. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. 
Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Ooh, it really is Monday. I can feel it. Uh, the number is 773-763-9278. That's 773-763-9278. And I did watch. I watched the entire Chiefs game against the Ravens. I'll tell you something. I the more the MAGA, the MAGA tears flow, the more I watch NFL. Hey, this is a win-win for the NFL. There was a, a, a there was a nasty, and I'm sure this is just like the most tepid thing on Facebook or t- TikTok or any of the social medias. This, this little punk. Uh, and, and I, I had explained again because I keep trying to understand what an incel is, and my husband was like, "No, they, they're voluntarily celibate." No, 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 incel means involuntarily celibate. They blame these these little uh, these dweebs blame women and feminism and wokeism for their inability to have a sexual relationship with anything else aside from their palm. So I was watching I was watching this video and this kid has an album of it's Taylor Swift or this picture of Taylor Swift singing and she has her mouth open and he holds it over her crotch and he's like this is the only way I want to see her. And and then he op- and then he pulls out one of her albums and starts smashing it. Like what how just absolutely it, it, adolescent not even adolescent. My, my kid, I, I raised you boys. They never acted this way. So that is not an excuse. Oh, so gross. This is gross. Anyway, very excited. Go Chiefs! And Taylor Swift is going to the Super Bowl. And then, of course, someone on my timeline, like, this is the weirdest, like, well, she's going to be in Japan on February 10th or 11th or whatever it is. Okay. And then I, of course, had to spend a stupid amount of time uh, researching how Taylor Swift is going to get back from her concert in Japan. Uh, this is the stupidest thing I've ever gone down the rabbit hole for because of these stupid people. It's a lot of stupidity going on. Dave, what's on your mind in Hoffman Estates? Yeah, you're talking about that Tower 22 over there in Jordan. I was reading up on the the, the, the three that were killed were Army Reserve soldiers from a, a Georgia Oh, the 718th Engineer Company. And um, they, uh, their job, I guess, was to, um, what was it, they, okay. uh, they provide, you yeah. know. Um, Intelligence you know, um, or on-the-ground reports? Okay, this is a, it was a small it. outpost on the northeast corner of Jordan. The installation is near Altown Garrison, where U.S. troops are based in a fight against ISIS. So, uh, three th- around three thousand American service members are t- typically stationed in Jordan, as the kingdom is a strategic ally for the U.S. in the region. So I'm just, I'm just trying to give some while we wait for you to find the information. Here. Yeah, well, this one, it said this uh, only houses approximately 350 American troops okay. over there. And they they support, you know, uh, which provides engineering, aviation, and logistical support to other U.S. facilities in the region, including the garrison in 
Altan, Syria, some 12 miles north of that. Right. And from the pictures, one was a female and the two others were male soldiers. And then there's about 34 others that been mm-hmm. wounded. You know, some of them had to be airlifted out for taken, be better taken care of. You know, they're a little bit more serious wounds. Well, it also, it also seems as though in the news that I'm reading is that they mistook the drone for something else and didn't respond appropriately. At least the United States did not uh, to thwart the, the uh, firing from the drone. Yeah, they were claiming that they thought it was one of our own drones or something, that it was either was coming in about the same time or according to some of the reports, you know, and the, right. it was a housing, you know, their housing unit or something they were in, you know, yeah. when they got hit. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was mistaken for one of our own. And right. That, and anyway, I just thought, just, you know, I might, you might find that a, a little bit of interest that they're reservists. You know, that's the part-time soldiers. Right. They're not even full-timers. Yeah, that is interesting. That's a shame. It is, you know, that's the kind of thing where you, you, you know, folks are trying to be of service to the country and get ahead and, and live their lives and, and go. You know, what is it like? I think it's a, it's a one week in a month and a one month a year is this. At least that's when I was a kid. That's what I was looking into getting into the into the reserves when I was graduating from high school. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know the exact. Yeah, them. that's a shame. Yeah, that's tragic that they were killed in the situation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All of them. They're just. But uh, yeah, then the thing if we <laughs> went firing even a tomahawk into Iran, the minute it goes into the Iranian airspace, that's an act of war. So you know, so right. yeah, I think we'll, I, hopefully we'll 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 learn more and we'll have a, a specific statements as to how this happened. And you know, again, uh, I do I agree with Brian, and I think we all agree we don't want this to escalate. Uh, and it doesn't. And I have not seen anything from the White House, no statements from the White House to say that we are going to we are going to strike back with another drone strike as well. Yeah, he's in a tough position because you're going to look, if you don't do some kind of thing, you're going to look weak. And if you do do it, they'll figure you're a warmonger, you know, so. Well, and I also think during the middle of a, you know, Trump campaigning, I'm curious to see what he's even, I I only find out what he's talking about by clips from his rallies or else uh, things that he tweets and then people share on social media. I, I think part of like trying to, to even campaign on what what's happening in other parts of the world, unless we are attacked, it's the kind of thing that I, I don't, you know, most Americans can't represent their minds around it. Barely, we barely even know where uh, these parts of the world are. We can't find them. And most of us, I mean, this isn't something I, I'll be honest, I'm terrible at geography and understanding all the, the, the uh, elements and, and powers involved. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, keep an eye on the mail. I sent you something in the oh, mail. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Okay, thanks. Have a good one. Be well. You as well. Take care. Uh, yeah, there's a, there is a, it's just, I mean, when I say it, it, campaigning, it sounds so, uh, I guess, base or harsh in that, uh, you know, Trump just throws things out there. Everyone's trying to figure out how they feel about what's going on in the Middle East. I, I am, I wish I had the certitude that so many people seem to have, uh, but there's some that have, are so self-righteous about it to the point of being hateful to one group or the other. And it's, uh, it's difficult to watch and talk to people who seem so absolutely convinced uh, of their opinion. And, and again, I talk about this. This is the, the space that I, I occupy, which is as I learn more information, that's how I base my opinions and, and formulate my thoughts on it. Uh, what you believe 
is fine, but to uh, to drag everything down to to want to basically burn it all down, I don't think is 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 the way to go for anyone. Um, that's just my I'm trying to trying to just figure it out. Um, but let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk to our good friend, Dr. Jason Bissell, uh, Chicago Community Acupuncture, and uh, find out if there's uh, <laughs> ways to find some stress release through acupuncture and nutrition, because we know there is. Let's take a quick break here and continue our conversation when we come back on WCPT 820. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale, because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And joining us in studio for this half hour is Dr. Jason Bissell, Chicago Community Acupuncture. Hey, Doc, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Patty? I'm doing very well. I, uh, I, I'm feeling, I've been feeling pretty good. Okay, this is so incredibly stupid. I'm just going to tell you the absolute truth. I've, I've been feeling oddly good over the last week or so. I found a picture of myself. I was, uh, we're clearing out my storage space. And this is a I, 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 I realized last week that I wasn't specific with my friend Scott because like to find a picture of yourself from when you're 22 years old is not that like wild. It's mm-hmm. that it was a very revealing picture of myself. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I had felt as good as I now know I looked in that picture. <laughs> also, very glad I did not do, did not donate that picture before that book before flipping through and seeing what was. <laughs> why it was in there but there's something about it that i've been thinking thinking over my last uh 30 it's 30 years ago and um i'm I'm a lot happier than i thought i was is that like it's just a strange thing a lot happier than you thought you would be i, I all of it like mm-hmm. I, I mean I've, I've been through a lot of rough stuff in my life and i'm i guess I'm, i guess i'm just kind of proud of what i've survived in part you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. you you have done a lot. You've got a lot for which to be proud. But also you've got the benefit of perspective. Yeah. My daughter is 15 years old now and everything's new to her. And just the high school world, you know, everything is overwhelming and, and so dramatic. Yes. And I remember being in that. I, I, I often will tell my patients that I would gladly trade my present body for my 20-year-old body. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't trade my mind. No. Not at all. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm not that far. I was looking I'm like, it's not that bad. I was, I got, you know, I do a little more working out and eating better, less, you know, carbs and things like that, whatever, sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped, I stopped drinking about a week ago. Uh, I'm doing so, I'm doing sober January through the end of February and with the hopes of just letting that take hold as much as possible. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Um, and, and I can tell a difference. I, I, my, the, I would say emotionally, I feel a lot better not drinking, like, you know, having a glass of wine and, or or beer, or whatever. Like, I feel better. Like, I'm regulating things better mm-hmm. emotionally. Yes, it's subtle how it affects you. Yes, even if you're not getting drunk, no. it is still altering your consciousness, altering your ability to deal with things. I quit drinking a little over two years ago, and I can't imagine going back. It's uh, I, I immediately lost ten pounds, which I didn't know I had on me to lose. <laughs> right, and I've saved so much money. Right, there's that too. My wife and I would go out to have dinner, and our our bar tab used to be as much as the food. Oh, sure. Because we'd have a cocktail before, and then we split a bottle of wine, and sometimes that would be more than what we were eating. Right. So now I feel like we can 
eat more or eat out more often, that's a lot you're splurging. easier. Yeah. Yes. That's fantastic. So there's, there's just a bunch of good benefits. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for you. For your 15 year old, do you, I mean, you know, we, we're just old, you know, fogies to our kids and, you know, trying to have us, oh, I think you have a different connection. I think that your kids uh, are very mindful to begin with. I think that you've raised them in that sort of tradition and philosophy, right? I've tried. Yes. I mean, I've met them and they're, and they are uh, very pulled together. Not that my, my sons aren't. I just, uh, there's certain things that my, my son is a, a griffin. Well, they both are incredibly stubborn. I mean, just stubborn, stubborn. Griffin in particular, anything that I try, I've ever tried to show him, even I would say even from the age of three years old, he was just like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's always yeah okay yeah yeah whatever <laughs> you know and it's been it was always hard to get him to learn from me he was always great at learning from other people whether it was martial arts or swimming or whatever and I'm a mm-hmm. I've been a swimmer since I mean I was a swim instructor and a lifeguard and he would not pay attention to me I'm just I just think you have you've developed a more I, I don't know just uh, more give and take maybe yes I am I'm feeling very grateful that my children still listen to me and they <laughs> yes. have and I don't know that there's anything that you could take credit or blame for in that situation you know different personalities were born uh-huh. with different spirits yes so I don't don't know that there's anything you could have done differently but I am really enjoying that to this point that they still seek my advice and and Listen to to my opinions, right? But I know that's going to change. That yeah. that has to. Don't, yeah. part of, don't part worry. Of, I feel like you you worry you pre worry a little mm-hmm. bit. Do you? I, I don't know about that. Um, I, I just expect, I think that's a natural part of development. That yeah. The only way you can prove that you're thinking for yourself is by rejecting what other people are telling you to do. Okay, that's true. And so I think there's, there's a necessary rebellion phase where we, we reject what we've been told to do and you try things out. And then most of us come back in our 20s and say, oh, you know what? My folks did know some things and they can start accepting our, our opinions again. Yes. I, but for a while to develop their own sense of self, I think that's necessary. And you just pray that they don't get into too much trouble during that phase. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Uh, agreed. Completely agreed. Both thinking of my own, uh, you know, <laughs> adolescence and uh, and my sons. And I, I will say that I still, even in my 50s, am coming back. To, and I think this is even more so as you get older, you start thinking about the things that your parents did, you know, how they live their lives and what they did for you. And so my mom, I'm not just saying this because I think you might be listening. Uh, I'm finding a lot more grace in this, like now that my sons are both over 18, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I still, I still had some of those like anxiety issues about my parents, you know, things that my mom would say about my weight. Uh, you know, she would always sort of have something to say. And I just think that that was just her way of wanting to, you know, better for me. She saw that was just her philosophy of like this, you know, if you if you're more appealing or skinnier or whatever, you know, people will treat you better. And that's sort of something that was layered on her rather than mm-hmm. necessarily her judgment on me. Right. Yes. And now as a parent, it's become painfully aware to me that I don't know what the heck I'm doing as a parent. <laughs> and I have to extend right. that same courtesy to my parents. Yes. I thought they they came with the, the rule book and they knew what to do. They came right. with the manual and that they had all the answers. And I realized that we're all just stumbling through trying to figure this out. Yes. Not just as parents, but as people, as citizens, as friends, as neighbors, lovers, all of this. We're, we're all just stumbling around trying to figure it out. Yes. I, I've been, uh, sometimes when I'm um, in bed late at night, because Declan doesn't often, I have to sleep next to him to make sure he's safe. Mm-hmm. And he sometimes, can, like last night, is just to 
amped to go to sleep and he's like laughing and giggling at something and so I you know I make sure I want I want him to fall asleep first so I know one how long he has slept and various reasons anyway um, I, I've been thinking about this a lot and you know so many right now in this political atmosphere it's very uh, often toxic uh, very uh, just very tense I guess is the only way I can explain it you know there are people who like seem so convinced of like this is the way things have to be whether whether it's abortion that you know mm-hmm. I, and I you know I believe life start or or life does people say cer- they have certitudes when life begins and then you know they usually te- they seem to base it on their religious views mm-hmm. and so I, I'm not sure why that should be sort of something that outweighs other people's rights. Yeah, even though the Bible says that life begins at the first breath. Correct. Yes. <laughs> we can just forget that part. Yeah. It, it, well, the selective, the selective choices, uh, it, it, that, there's so many of them in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I've been wondering about this. You know, I have this story that I tell about Griffin. He was about seven. Again, I was trying to teach him how to ride his bike, and we finally got him on the Forest Preserve Trail. And he fell, and I ran back to see if he was okay. And he got up, and he goes, and I actually have this written down somewhere, but he goes, you know, you know what I was thinking? He was seven. He goes, you know, once man didn't have to worry about their survival, essentially he was talking about how, like, once they, you know, mastered the, uh, the you know, the elements and figure out how to take care, protect themselves against animals and then started fighting against each other, they could name things and come up with rules and all this stuff. A very perceptive thing to say at seven. Mm-hmm. But so sort of building on that idea of when we started naming things and trying to figure out how we would live with each other, we've mastered all of it. I, 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 we've got we've got shelter. We have access to food. We, we produce things we don't need now. And all we have left is fighting with it. We still have that, that instinct of survival, and we don't know what to do with it except to lash out at other people is what it feels like. Yes. We, we don't need to. There's enough to go around. Yes. We could all have a, a very nice life if we just spread things evenly. I remember I studied psych in undergrad, and I remember one of my professors had told us that four people in a room could solve all the world's problems, provided they didn't know who they were. Oh. Because we always make special yes. exceptions for ourselves, our yeah. tribe, our right. family. But if you just if you divorce, divorce yourself from your identity and just say, well, what's the best way to do this for everybody, then it wouldn't be that difficult. It does seem to be the case. But, but greed gets in the way. Um, Fear gets in the yes. way, thanks to uh, you know, some fear mongering. Yeah, it is certainly amplified by by some media outlets. Right. I mean, people are they're they're lured. I guess they're uh, seduced by the idea that if something's wrong in the world, or if the world isn't the way they want it to be, here's whose fault it is. That's mm-hmm. it. Like that's this is what it seems to come down to is what you what you perceive the world should be instead of like going okay is this where we are what can I do how do I how do I, how do we all fit together here yeah and I love that line from the Michael Jackson song Man in the Mirror if you want to make the world a better place take a look at yourself and make a change yeah if you try and change the people around you you're just going to drive yourself and them crazy yeah and if you know you're it's just and I and I know that. Uh, you know, that there have been these ideas before, and, and I'm not bringing up anything new. It just feels like with how really horrific things are getting uh, around the world and in our own community, the way people talk about folks coming here from uh, from Texas, uh, from, of course, south of Texas, and then being treated like they're not human beings. I, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how can people wrap themselves 
in what they they tell us is their religion and Christianity because everything that Christ taught is not at all being displayed by the people who are yelling at the loudest. Yeah, there's no congruence there no. and there's no need for with this population. They just it's an excuse for them. I don't know the allure. I, I thank God that I don't have that inclination to be blaming others, to be hating others. Right. And it really disturbs me when I'm surrounded by people, when I'm confronted with people that have got this, you know, this black spot on their souls. And they're just consumed by hate and fear and not seeing the humanity in other people like Greg Abbott. Yeah. You know, saying that the only reason we're not shooting them is because Biden won't let us. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And they're they're people. They're children. Yeah. They're people seeking a better life. And there there are certain logistics that need to be addressed. There needs to be some some order to it. Yeah. But they're still people. Exactly. I, I believe in immigration reform. I think every Democrat does. We're waiting for the Republicans to agree with that, that there should be reform and they don't want to do it. Are you seeing people come in? Um, you know, I, w- I was mentioning before you came in the studio that, you know, acupuncture is a, a way to, to manage a variety of things, whether it's stress or recovering from an illness or an injury. Are you seeing people come in? Uh, is there a different level of stress that you're seeing at all? Or does obviously every single person is different? But. Um, our anxiety patients skyrocketed starting with the election of Trump okay. in 2016 and has not come down. Now we've, we see just as many people for anxiety, but there's more focused around what's happening in Israel and Gaza okay. and, the, and still a lot of political turmoil. And yes, acupuncture can do a lot to help settle the, those anxieties, to help ground people so they're not just flying up, flying up in their head all the time. And unable to focus on what they need to do, having trouble sleeping or eating, because anxiety can be really debilitating. It can sound like just a, a low-level thing, but for some people, it can be really disruptive to their daily life. And even when it's not, it can just zap a lot of the enjoyment of your right. life. Because we only have so many days here. You know, how, many, how many of those do you want to spend consumed with anxiety? So I'm not saying that we shouldn't worry about things. We shouldn't consider things, but we don't want to be consumed with it. Absolutely. And I think that uh, you're right, because the, the brain is so powerful that when we start thinking about things and it starts to spiral, it's because it feels real to us the way our, I mean, that's how, how, how we function in our brain. We can make it feel that real and affect our heart rate, you know, start sweating. And you made a good point about like, I, mean, I think some people don't even really, they, they don't label it as anxiety. You know, they, there's something they're just feeling off or, you know, they, not everyone even goes, I'm feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, they're having the uh, all the manifestations of it, not realizing that it's anxiety. And then you have the full-blown anxiety attacks where you feel like you're going to die. You can't breathe and it feels like, you know, either your chest going to be ripped out, your heart's going to be ripped out of your chest or there's something on you. It's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they go to the ER and then they learn that they've been having anxiety. Right. <laughs> a similar phenomenon with depression. Yes. And some people, the first sign that they have that they're depressed is pain in the upper back. Because when you're depressed, you kind of hang your head. Okay. And then that puts more strain on your, on your shoulders. And so they'll come in for, for this upper back pain, this shoulder pain, and then we'll start talking about their emotional health. And, oh, yeah, I'm not sleeping. I'm worrying about this with my significant other, with my work. And then when we get to the root of it, it's like, oh, you're depressed. And they didn't even know. They just they thought Aww. that was normal. Right. 
And then acupuncture can help them with that as well. It can help to lift that burden so that people can have a different way of looking at things. And sometimes along with professional psychiatric or psychological help, acupuncture can help to ease that anxiety about discussing the difficult topics. So I'll have some patients that will come in before a therapy session because it will enable them to talk about these very, very triggering topics like past abuse or, or great anxieties. So it's got a nice, it definitely has a place in the psychological well-being toolkit. What is it when you're wearing your shoulders as earrings? I find that I often have my shoulders hitched up so high. I'll be sitting there like, oh, my God, why am I doing that? That's more anxiety and trying to protect yourself. <laughs> yeah. I like that pretty much. I would say like I've been noticing it more now. This is in the mindfulness that I'm trying to, to do. And I'm like, what is that? Yes, I do that a lot. So once an hour, you should just take a 30-second breath break and just do a quick body scan and relax Ooh. everything. I can schedule that on my phone. So yeah. I give myself an alarm. Breathe. And just reset. And then as, as you do that, it will develop a habit. You will teach your body to stay relaxed because we lose that ability. We, we're taught in our society that you have to be hypervigilant. You have to always be working, always be producing. And that has got burnout written all over it. So we need to remind ourselves, we need to retrain ourselves to take a couple of deep breaths, to relax the abdomen, to relax the shoulders, the chest, the hands. People hold stress all over the place and get some that will keep it in their calves. And <laughs> so do a quick body scan and see where you're holding it and let it go. Breathe it out. Well, I told you a couple of years ago when I first started coming to you for acupuncture that uh, I, had, I had severe jaw pain. And I realized that I've been getting uh, massages and I'd have to come back for more acupuncture. But it was that. It was my, it was this. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was throwing, I was clenching my shoulders up and uh, was throwing my jaw off, which is just the weirdest thing. Yeah, I see a lot of it's folks pretty, with TMJ, yeah. and, and they're grinding their teeth, and so they go to the dentist, and they give them a mouth guard, and that protects... It protects the, the teeth. It protects the teeth, doesn't protect the jaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we, if anything, it gives you the like that the, something to slide on, because I've had those before, and mm-hmm. just something to slide on to grind even harder. Yes, it doesn't give you license. Seriously. You can use it to protect the teeth, but you got to come get some acupuncture, do some meditation to yes. ease the, that root cause. Yeah, my, I used to wake up my husband. I used to grind so loudly that it would wake up my husband. Oh, wow. And I would wake up with him like just like tapping my jaw. <laughs> like the, I would just wake up like the, <laughs> or he's like rubbing it. And it would be so annoying, because I knew what he was doing. But it, yeah, he was, he was trying to make sure I didn't break my back teeth. So thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. He <laughs> He was also uh, t- texting me to not give out too many details about my photo that I found. We're talking to Dr. Jason Bissell, Chicago Community Acupuncture. Go to Chikumaku. Chikomaku.com. 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 And the phone number? 773-853-0920. Excellent. And it is right over by there. It's uh, the it's right by the Superdog, the address for folks. It's 6350 North Milwaukee at the three corners of Milwaukee, Devon, and Nagel. Although I am kind of torn between Blaze and Grill, too. They're pretty. they got some good chicken they gyros. They are good, yeah. I love the chicken gyros. It's mm-hmm. really good. Let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation. If you have any questions or comments for the doctor, 773-763-9278. That's the number to call or text us. I know someone sent me a message saying how much they really enjoy coming to see you. So that was nice to find out. Oh, yeah, great. A migraine sufferer told me that they started seeing you. Uh, so again, 773-763-9278. And more in a moment on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
There are some New Year's resolutions that I've been decent about holding up. Uh, one of them I am uh, slacking off on already, which was getting to the station about uh, 20, 20 to 30 minutes earlier. Uh, but my other ones, uh, staying on task and getting some things done, has uh, held up. Last year's resolutions I was happy with, uh, which was not buying any new clothing. Maybe once or twice, but hardly anything. Dr. Jason Bissell and I were talking about our New Year's resolutions. So first of all, what are your New Year's resolutions? Well, uh, I want to get back into performing music out, and I have not yet done that, but I've been practicing more. Mm-hmm. And I would still like to do another open mic comedy. Excellent. Like, like you had me on a couple of years ago. <laughs> the virtual uh, comedy yeah, show. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. And uh, to keep up my exercise and to do another Ironman and improve my time. And that's what got me thinking, because I'm kind of a gym rap. And every January, it gets filled up with people. And sure. I hear a lot of complaining about that. It's just these, these New Year's oh, resolution yeah. folks, they're, they're, they're never going to stick with it. Yeah. yeah, and they just fill up and they take up the machines. And I really applaud those people. Yeah. Because you can't continue on with something if you never start it. Right. And I used to work in drug addictions. And the, people have to try quitting several times before it sticks. You know, how many times do people have to try quitting smoking before it sticks? Sure. So trying to start exercising, I think that's quite laudable. I have a lot of respect for the people that go to the gym that don't look like they go there often. Because it's hard for them. I, I'm very fit. It's easy for me to go to the gym. I fit right in there. I don't have any self-consciousness there. But the folks that that haven't been there in years or maybe have never been. I think that takes a lot of courage, and I think that should be applauded. And now we're reaching February, and those numbers are starting to dwindle. And I would just like to encourage everybody, you know, you started at January 1st. You can start again at February 1st. You can start at March 1st. Mm, New month's resolutions. Yeah, it doesn't have to just be after Christmas and after the holidays when we pack on those pounds. Bikini season is closer than you think. (laughs) And so I would like to encourage everybody to not give up just because you fall off the wagon. You just get back on. Right. Yeah. I mean, because uh, there is this idea of like, well, I screwed up. I can't, you know, I'm just going to give up now on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's uh, there. The limits you have are just in your mind. As we were talking about how powerful our brain is and your brain is powerful enough to tell you you can't do it or why bother or it's just it's not worth it. Yes. And we don't want to listen to that one too much. Because life is made up of the everyday. So what you do today and tomorrow is going to add up. So if you spend today on the couch, tomorrow on the couch, you're going to spend the year on the couch. But if you want to, if you have a goal to, for some self-improvement, you know, to, to read a page a day to get started, you know, after yep. a while you get through the book. To do a little bit of exercise every day, after a while you're going to get in better shape. All of these things, a little bit at a time, slow and steady wins the race. I agree. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, uh, again, it, it can be demoralizing. Do you have, um, do you, do you have a, a experience with folks who come in for like ADD or ADHD? Because now people are talking about it a lot with like, there are these, uh, you know, social media influencers who talk about it. And, you know, I think a lot of people are identifying like, oh my God, I do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. I, you know, we've talked, we've talked about focus and acupuncture. I would imagine that's something that can also help people like, you know, reset a little bit too. Oh yeah, we've had, we've treated a lot of people and children and adults for ADHD, ADD, and we've helped them come off their medicine or reduce their dosage and be able to focus better. It's it's partly exacerbated by our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was some blame put on MTV, rightly so, that kind of the media just throwing things at you and not keeping a camera angle for more than two seconds. Right. 
and now the screens being in our pockets, just this constant barrage of dopamine hits and right. and stimulation. So we we do need to work against it. I think we need to develop our meditation, develop our stillness. And in Chinese medicine, we call it cultivating stillness. That it's a skill that that we want to develop. But I'm sure you've heard Tom Hartman talk about that people. Some people are just wired differently. The farmers and the the hunters. And that brings me to another thing that uh, we're talking. I was talking with a colleague about our education system. That we've got this one size fits all system here, and then you've got more than in some schools you have more than fifty percent of the kids on IEPs, individualized education plans, because they don't fit into that mold. That at some point we just should recognize that there shouldn't be a mold. That we should have a little bit more customization for everybody in this. Yeah. Because we all learn differently. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. And to try and fit everybody into the same square hole isn't working. Well, I, I was uh, out with some friends of mine uh, when you talk about being wired differently. And I, I remember Tom Hartman talking about that recently. I was telling you, I had written this column. I used to be, uh, I used to write like think pieces as a teenager from my high school newspaper at Lane Tech. And I wrote this essay about, and I was telling these girls and they were like, you know, that was probably just you about <laughs> how intensely loud things were when I would take the test, when I would take like any standardized test. I could hear the clock ticking or people tapping their pencils or chewing I could hear everything, and I didn't realize that like that's not this is not happening to everybody else. Like <laughs> I, I had no idea. And, and as I get older, I realize it. Like I, like I have I have ticks when it comes to like the way things sound on the. You'll hear me like when someone calls and they're on speakerphone, or there's a lot of background noise. Like I can't. It's hard for me to focus on the conversation we're having because all I hear are those noises. Mm-hmm. And it's my husband. He he'll, he's laughing right now. He's like, yeah, nobody cares, Patty. <laughs> but it's just an example of you know sort of having identifying some of the things that are in your life and how to address it. Yeah, and the first step is identifying it, yeah. yes. And then you can make modifications or just at least you know, accept it and, yes. and know that this is going to be a little bit of a barrier for you. Take a breath. <laughs> and to let the people around you know, hey, I've got a little issue with this. If you can help me modify the yeah. environment, that'd be helpful. Exactly. That's what, I, that's what I try to do. And it could be anything for some folks, and because sometimes, sometimes it's sensory, sometimes it's energy. I mean, there's so many different elements to how we, we interact with each other and how we, we function. It's just a lot of stuff, and acupuncture can help. It's uh, mm-hmm. chikomaku.com. Chikomaku.com. All right. Yeah. Very excited about that. And uh, it's, it's Chicago Community Acupuncture over here by Milwaukee, Nagel and Devon, that three points, uh, as Dr. Jason Bissell mentioned. And to make a, an appointment? Go to chikomaku.com or dial 773-853-0920. Excellent. And thank you for encouraging us to reset and not feel bad if we haven't uh, fulfilled our first month of our New Year's resolutions. There's always tomorrow. There's yeah. tonight. There's tomorrow. There's yeah. right now. Whatever it takes. Yeah, we're all stumbling around, so just keep stumbling. Oh, Lordy, yes. I really am. <laughs> Have, so great to see you, Doc. I'll see you again next month. Thanks, Appreciate Patty. it. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to check in with, with, Hermina, with Herman, Hermine Hartman. i got to remember, I've said her name before, and I want to make sure I, I want to give respect, and I shouldn't have stumbled through it. Oh, we're going to talk to Ms. Hartman when we come back and talk about the new special she has airing for five parts on uh, NBC Chicago for Black History Month. More after this. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Monday. And hi to our friends listening in Minneapolis, 
St. Paul on KTNF 9:50 a.m. We are in the uh, the the last days of January, and as we head into February, I want to make sure that we are mindful and if we were paying attention to what's going on. You know, we're talking about the elections, we're talking about what's going on in the news. It is also Black History Month, and joining us on the line is a pioneer in journalism. We have Hermine Hartman, who is the publisher of Indigo. Uh, I'm so thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And and I'm thrilled about this five-part series that will be airing during Black History Month on NBC. How are you doing today? I'm great, Patty. It was, uh, we had sunshine in Chicago today. I, I, I did not think we were going to have any until later in the week. And I, I saw my living room start to glow, and I'm like, oh, is there sunshine? Let's go outside. There's sun. Yeah, I did the same thing. It was like, oh, there's the sun. <laughs> it Thank was... you so much for having me and for uh, we, we welcome Black History Month. And uh, we did a five-part television series um, that started actually uh, Saturday on NBC. We're on late night on Saturdays at 1 a.m. And uh, we kicked it off with uh, Jonathan E.'s new book on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., A Life. Outstanding. And and I know that yeah. so much of your mission in journalism and through this story is to talk about, you know, to tell the stories that have been mistold, untold, or need to be told again. And I absolutely love that as a mission because, you know, as we just, uh, we honored uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. recently, you know, we also saw people who don't walk the walk that he talked, do they? You know, and that's why this story that's is so right. important, that's right? That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's why it's important to, uh, to know what he really did, what he really stood for, and uh, so that we don't, uh, so we move forward progressively. Yeah, it is, a, again, watching people retell history is so harsh and unfair. That's, that's, that's what, you know, so many of us don't understand the depths of injustice. Tell us about some of the other parts of these series that you want to highlight for us. So this Saturday, we have a wonderful panel and the subject of the show is the aftermath of Emmett Till's murder. Mm. And uh, please watch that one because some new information comes out that has not been, you know, told. But we talked to three men who were 10 years old when Emmett Till was killed and how it affected them for the rest of their lives. And they've all been very successful men. One has had uh, a career in business, in corporate one in education, higher education, and another as a human relations expert. And they reveal the fear factor that came upon them as little boys and how it has remained with them for the rest of their lives. And they grew up in Chicago as well? Uh, two of them grew up in Chicago. One was in Birmingham and then came to Chicago oh. as a young man. It's, uh, it's riveting. It's absolutely riveting. Oh, I would, I would then, imagine. Go ahead. It was, uh, there's a, on February 10th, we do something on reparations. That's a very interesting story. We have two men um, that give us viewpoints, John Palfrey, who is the president of MacArthur Foundation, and Steve Rogers. They have a lot in common. Both of them are Harvard grads, and both of them have been professors at Harvard. And they talk about reparations from a philanthropic point of view. That's Mr. Palfrey's viewpoint. And Steve Rogers talks about it from an economic viewpoint. So that's interesting. It'll make you think. Right, because, and, uh, because some of these stories are amazing. Go ahead. What's the next one? 
um, we talked to Jackie Taylor. Oh. You know Jackie from um, Black Ensemble Theater. Right. And she's expanding uh, what she's calling a cultural community. And so we look at her plan and see where she's going and what she's doing. And then last but not least, we have a conversation February 24th with Dr. Cornell West. Outstanding. And folks, again, this is, it's, it's Black History Month airing on NBC5 Chicago. The lineup uh, is going to be all the programs will air on NBC5 at 1 a.m. Central. And the rebroadcast will be on Channel 25 in Chicago only on Mondays at 8 p.m., Wednesdays at 530 and then Saturday at 11 a.m. So you have opportunities to watch it. And, and what's the best website for folks to go to or, or follow you? I know that you're on, on Twitter, so they can follow you on Twitter. Again, it's Hermine Hartman. You should be following her regardless. <laughs> Twitter. And then you can go to Indigo.com and, and, and you can see us there. And uh, we've got podcasts, we've got stories, we've got some interesting things there. But uh, please join us. It, it is remarkable how much Chicago is at, really at the heart of so much of our history when it comes to social justice and, and, and the black rights oh. movement. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're, we're the center. We're the center face. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's it's an incredible moment in history and, it's a, and, a, and an incredible moment to reflect on that and use that information, incorporate it into the conversations that you have. You know, God, okay. there are people who are resistant because they've been taught something or they f- feel like it's a part of their identity. So they get defensive about that. What's the best way you've, you would encourage folks to have these conversations? Uh, read yep. and learn. Read and learn. And, you know, Patty, the reality is it takes about 50 years for history to reveal itself. We're still talking about Dr. King uh, upon his death. We're still talking about the Kennedys. We're still reflecting on what what they meant, what they did, what happened, how it changed. It takes about 50 years to really look back and to figure it out. Oh boy! So my lifetime is good to know. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 true. I mean, when you you know, it's like saying newspapers give you the first dab at history, but sometimes newspapers' first dab gets it wrong. Right. Well, so. I have my degree in history, and one of the things that chafes me a little bit is when people are like, you know, well, history will not be kind, when I would rather people be kind in the moment rather than wait to see what history there does. There you go. There you go. That's a beautiful way to say because we live in the moment. We don't yes. live the history. We live the moment. Yeah. And so, yes, be kind in the moment because history will take care of itself. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank mm-hmm. you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's Hermine you. Hartman. Thank Follow you. her on Twitter, of course. And again, Black History Month airing on NBC5 Chicago. Please reach out anytime you like we'd love to catch up with you all right thank you patty Take and care. happy new year to happy you. new thank year you. thank you bye-bye bye-bye. bye-bye let's take a quick break here we'll come back and take your phone call seven seven three oh you know let me we'll take phone calls now we'll, you know i got union guys in my break room i probably should uh uh take a call and then maybe i'll bring in my union guys uh steve's got some thoughts steve from the gold coast what's on your mind Yes, and I'd like to echo in part what your guest just said. I would argue that it's not 50 years. It's a lot longer than that. We're reevaluating what happened during the Civil War era in this country and what led up to that. We're reevaluating the founding of this country. We're constantly reevaluating history. And sometimes it's not for the positive. You know, a, sure. a few. Oh, Steve's got a weird connection. That's happened to him a couple of times. I'm guessing that's him calling. <laughs> My husband's phone does that all the time, too. And, uh, it, you know, it is key to hang up when you're in the middle of a sentence so it doesn't seem like you hung up on somebody. Uh, Dave, Steve is back on the line. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind? 
Continue. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I mean, a few few decades ago, it would have been unthinkable to have the sort of apologetics that are going on with regard to Nazis and and the the Third Reich and so forth. But today, you're literally seeing that in in the embodiment of what MAGAism is and so many other conservative elements in this country. It was unthinkable that even the right 20, 30 years ago was going to be apologetic. I think that uh, he's got a an unstable line. Thank you for calling, Steve. I'm sorry to get a chance to finish your thought. We're going to take a break here. We're going to come back with our bricklayers. They got we got bricklayers in the house. I, it's so funny because they, they they're the kind of union guys you want to have on the job. That's all I'm saying. Let's take a quick break here and come back with our friends in a moment on WCPTA 20 Heartland Signal and KTNF 9:50 a.m. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer, like Biden beer, which is inoffensive and not bitter, and Extinct Elephant, a moderate red ale. Because you know those moderate Republicans seem to be going the way of the dodo. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to keep Wisconsin blue and drive the MAGA cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. To keep track of the good trouble we're making in Wisconsin and where to buy our beer, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, MonacoBrewingCompany.com. And drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We have in studio with us a couple, a uh, couple two, three, <laughs> couple two, three union guys. We have our friends who are with the, they're, they're revolutionizing the labor movement through innovation and community outreach. And that's part of their, uh, their mission. It's Union Proud, Union Proud Warrior. And you can go to UnionProudWarrior.com and learn more. We have a Sean Allen, Jimmy Fulton, and Tony Dem in studio with us. Now, Sean, they made you sit in the middle. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Hey, how you doing today? I'm good. Thanks Ex- for having me. Excellent. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys all to start because I, I love finding out where people grew up. And you mentioned in the uh, break room that you're from the northwest side of Chicago. Yeah, I was born out in the northwest side. Um, a lot of my family's still out there. Way and then, well, we are this way. What, what 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 way are you talking about? Oh, we are this way. Like more like Cumberland and Foster and okay, you know, yeah. 38th Ward out there. Sure. So um, but over, then, by, over by Nick Spasato. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So um, now I'm in the suburbs. I ran off to Palatine. So oh, fine. Yeah, Whatever. a little bit. I know. Where, did you did you? How long did you live near Cumberland and Foster? Um, um, we were, I was out there about five, and then we moved up. Oh, north. Wow. Yeah. So, you, so you were there for just a little I bit. I didn't really grow up. Not even yeah. preschool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. So. And where'd you go to high school? I went to Friend. Okay. And yeah. did you do any vocational stuff in, in high school? Because I went to Lane Tech, so we had like some, you know, we had wood shop and there foundry. Was a, there was a shop. Yeah. There was a shop, you know. Did, did you get any of that at all in high school? I did. I did. I don't. I didn't really do great in high school in general, but I do remember doing shop class. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that part. Yeah. So what did you set out in life to do? What was your plan after high school? You know, I wanted to be a cop, actually. Oh. I did. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to be in, a cop in law enforcement. And then... Um, Went to one semester of college and was like, yeah, no, I'm okay. I don't want to be a cop that bad. (laughs) So, uh, you know, and then I got into construction. I got into the Bricklayers Union back around 2007 and never really looked back. And now we're here. And it's been been a great road and a great, great career choice. So it sounds like because we, you know, when you talk about how it was, you know, college wasn't for you. uh, You didn't, you know, high school. Because we we were talking about this earlier about how they kind of have this one size fits all for kids for school. And, you know, there are other parts of the world that do it a little bit differently. And uh, my situation was a little bit unique in the 80s and 90s when Lane Tech still had uh, had shop classes. And it was mandatory, by the way, you had to take two years of shop. So I had electric shop, wood shop, uh, machine shop and, and 
Foundry. Why? 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 Would you take a foundry in the 1980s? Is all I want to know. It's yeah. a cast metal with. You got to get the dirt and the sand. Just okay. I'm going to have flashbacks. Um, so you've been. So you've been part of the union since 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I got in the marble trade in 2007, and yeah, it's been the marble trade. So yeah. So it, bricklayers represent seven different trades. Okay. So we'll kind of touch on that. Sure. So we're all. So Tony's Terrazzo on marble, Jimmy's tile, and then it's the bricklayers union, and then tuck pointers, precast, and plasters. All right. Excellent. All all run by one man. Yeah. Oh, who's Mike the one Vol- man? Mike Volpentesta. Yeah, Mike Volpentesta, our president with the bricklayers. and That's outstanding. Yeah. I-, I love it. So next we have, uh, we also have Tony. So Tony Dem. That's right. Tony Am I saying Demi. your name? Demi. Yes. I never, I, I apologize. No, no, you're good. <laughs> you're good, Patty. So where are you from, my friend? So same thing. I'm uh, Belmont and Harlem. Okay. Uh, I grew up in a cop neighborhood, so of, of Ca- course I was, gonna, yeah. I was going to be a cop, you know. Yeah. Uh, did a couple years to get my associate's degree so I can... Join early at 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told maybe you should go to four year, get a bachelor's degree. It's for a better spot in the police right. department. So okay. I'm like, okay, all right, now I gotta, I gotta make some money for that. So luckily, back in '84, you know, you didn't have to. College wasn't that expensive. No, you know? it so really I could, wasn't. So my aunt lived next door to a union terrazzo contractor. So it's not like I knew that much about unions or anything like that. I, I did sign up when I was like 17 or 18, put myself on the list for sheet metal. Okay. But, uh, you know, I got into that. I loved the trade. I was an apprentice. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. So I just, no, I it's one of those didn't moments. turn by. I did my apprenticeship, you know. Uh, and here you are. Learned my craft. Uh, was an instructor for, for quite a while. All right. And then came on. So Terrazzo, is that... Uh, I, I, so that is like in your airports and you know a lot of these schools and okay. things all have Terrazzo. Oh, interesting. It's made up of, of chips and glass and with a either epoxy or cement binder. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right, then. So, so you're saying so it, what we kind of would think of is almost like concrete... It's terrazzo. It goes back for 14th century Italy. What? Yep. All right. When I started, it was 98%. The guys were from Italy. And can I just tell yeah. you how much, that's amazing, how yeah. much uh, I hate any airport that is carpeted. Why, 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 why would you put carpeting down for roller bags? You got stains. You got to put your yeah, terrazzo down. You, you got to put your terrazzo down. <laughs> <laughs> I advocate for more terrazzo and more airports. Is that what we have over here at, Air- at O'Hare? We do. I would imagine. Uh, we we just did That's a big a, section. We did on the new terminal. We did three hundred and. Forty thousand square feet. Jeez, that's amazing. Don't have to touch it again. <laughs> Don't put any carpeting down on <laughs> no, this. Yeah, yeah. So keep the carpeting. And we've got with us also Jimmy Fulton joins us. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? How you doing, Patty? I'm doing all right. Where are you from, my friend? I uh, grew up by Foster and Western in the Ferry Garden Apartments. Okay. Um, wasn't a cop neighborhood, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Where, where'd you go to high school? I went to Amundsen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice. It's a nice. Was it a nice school then? No. No. <laughs> None of our schools really were. <laughs> That's right. the thing about, like, I mean, because we're all, I graduated from high school in 89. You graduated in 84? 80, yeah, 80, 80, yeah, 82. You in the 2000s? I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, okay. No, Stop, Sean. <laughs> uh, just teasing you. But, but I mean, like, for us, I, I, it, it is, there is an outbreak of crime. But, like, when we were teenagers, like, it was rough. People don't realize how rough it is. Guys were getting on buses from Schur's High School to come down the lane to beat up kids in our gangs. I mean, like it was, we were messing around. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It was. So yeah, Amundsen to the next for sure. Yeah, Amundsen was was a little bit rough over. And people don't get it. Like some of these neighborhoods that are really nice, like Foster and Western, like that's a hot area. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is now. Lincoln was, Square. Right. Yeah. It was nothing. Which which neighborhood is it? Because they keep. They feel like the city north. Like they keep changing the the neighborhood for that Foster and Western. You know. It was all to us back then. They really didn't have, you know, I think they call it now. Um, technically, it may be like Bowmanville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I never heard of that. Fairgate Gardens was the neighborhood within the neighborhood. That's so weird. That's yeah. so weird. Although I do miss Jerry's Diner. There you go. I mean, come on. That, yeah. I mean, it's a nice little Greek restaurant now, but the Jerry Siner was great. Yeah. Did you play ball at Wells? I did play a little ball at Wells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did you set out to do after Almondson? So I wasn't really too sure what I, I just knew one thing. You know, uh, growing up, we were poor. We didn't have a lot. But there was one thing that we that my dad always knew is if you were going to do well out there, you had to um, either get a job with the city. We had you know, we did have a family member that was with the gas company. You get it with the gas company um, or you get into the trades and you learn, you know, a union trade because you you needed to have something to show for your work. Right. You're not going to be one of these guys that, you know. You know, so many people end up in these positions where they're, you know, kind of doing a little bit of everything. And, yeah, before you know it, you're 70-something years old and you're dragging a bucket of tools. What, down I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. No, I agree with you. I, I've been thinking, because I'm 52 and I've been thinking yeah. about these things. Like, what what do I have to show for? I mean, I do. And I, I, I have to, sure. it's a little bit different, right? Having, you, you know, you guys, my dad was a tuck pointer. Okay. So I can I can drive by the building, not union, sorry, guys. But uh, <laughs> it's a... <laughs> 70s, but I could drive by buildings and I know where he worked on a chimney or on a wall. I mean, there's right. something I'm like, I'm proud of that. Like, he didn't match the, the mortar very well sometimes, yeah. And because he was colorblind, really not. I mean, he needed me to be on site, but I mean, there is something to be able to point at what my dad did to know that what you did at O'Hare Airport, you know, or the buildings or at someone's homes. I mean, it's yeah. it's incredible, right? Absolutely. And is that something that, like, when how old were you when you were you that like, just, were you instantly proud when you knew that you'd put you know, the work and time into creating something for someone? Oh, my God. I mean, it really was. That's uh, that's one thing that I've, oh, I mean, to this day, I still have a lot of pride in is, you know, everything you do, no matter who's in the car, you're showing them, hey, you see that building yeah. right there? I was a part of that. <laughs> we did this, that, and, and you're boring everybody in, the, in, you know, in the car, but that's okay. They get it. They know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I still, like I said, I still do it. There's a building right by uh, Roden Library up off of uh, Northwest Highway, and Raven, and my dad, I came down, the, I, we lived on Northwest Highway, 6133, and I was coming down the alley, and I just see someone hanging from the chimney in a lawn chair. My dad had rigged his own chair with a rope on the, ch- uh, just like swinging back and forth. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but if he'd been in a union, maybe he'd have. Anyway, yeah, I, I, it's weird because my dad was like a big union supporter, but like he just wanted to do like just a lot of jobs around the neighborhood. Sure. So don't don't hold it against us. <laughs> I've, I've, right. I've been a no, union but member. I bet since. you he wishes when he retired. You know, he yeah. he had a union pension. Or well, and I think that that's something that you mentioned, and and and, it, and maybe it, it can be kind of family cycles, right? Because sure. my dad was kind of uh, he was a cab driver. He he got his girlfriend pregnant when he was seventeen. It was nineteen fifty. And, uh, or some, yeah, 1950. And so, so he, all of his friends, we grew up, I grew up here. So all of his friends were cops and firefighters. So they all, like, they'd go on vacations and they'd take little Larry with them because he was kind of their. <laughs> but no, he did not have, at the end of his life, he ended up going back and working a day job at Home Depot. And that was, he was happy there. He would have loved working in the trades. But, you know, sometimes it's just like that one person pointing in the right, having that, that choice, that chance meeting with somebody, yep. right? Your neighbor who's like, hey, watch, try this, or yep. not, not, not liking what, and then find that one 
something that you like, and he just didn't have that moment. Yeah. And that's what we're here to talk about, yeah, is that maybe there's exactly. somebody in your life that uh, you know is looking for something. If, uh, if you know anybody who's got teenagers, or even like, here's the thing, we're all living longer. Right. So 30 or 40 years old and you figure you don't want to be 70, but like at 30, you can and build a future for yourself. Right. Absolutely. It's never too late. I mean, if, if, you know, we talk to these guys, even if you're 50, it's like get 15 years of a pension, get yeah. 15 years of an annuity. You know, I mean, that mentality that, you know, oh, it's too late for me. I mean, it's it's really not because you, not. you need that. You need even any cushion to retire. Yeah. We don't want to retire at 70. You don't want to work to your 80. Right. That's, that's not what we're about. I yeah I got I, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, I, I, I'm again, because I'm in a different union, SAG-AFTRA, which we have always, you know, there wasn't a big relationship with the with the trades and SAG after I think until the last few years, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a, a bigger understanding and, and I think more connection with people as we see the consolidation of the uber wealth and everybody else just barely getting dripped on because it was supposed to be wasn't it trickle down trickle right. down because <laughs> you know what Tom Hartman says it's because we flooded up yeah we flooded everything up we're hanging out with with our friends uh, with our friends Sean Tony and Jimmy in studio from Union Proud Warrior go to UnionProudWarrior.com we're gonna continue our conversation. When we come back, because uh, this is something that I really think is uh, not just this year, not just coming out of the pandemic, but I think that this has so much momentum and energy that will continue fighting for labor rights. And more conversation when we come back on WCPTA 20, Heartland Signal, and KTNF 9:50 a.m. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200, that's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with our friends from Union Proud Warrior. Go to unionproudwarrior.com and learn more. I, I The first time I ever uh, really learned much about unions, I was nine years old, and my uncle Desi O'Neill, who was on the executive board of the firefighters in the city of Chicago, uh, they created their first contract. There was a big strike, and that I, I mean, when you're nine and you're learning words like scabs and crossing the picket lines, like, it was it was sort of, uh, it was, I was, uh, we're in studio with our friends, uh, Jimmy Fulton, T- Tony Dem- Demi, and Sean Allen. Um, I was supposed to get a dog. Uh, there was a, a firefighter who had a cockapoo, a litter of cockapoo Little, little cute little dogs. He was a scab, and my dad never talked to him again. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I did not get my cockapoo. I ended up with a schnoodle, which was fine. Um, Cocker spaniel poodle mix, by the way. It sounds like a weird mix, but yeah. that's like that. Like to me, I was like that guy's a scab, but I wanted my dog. But but it was like I still have my uh, barrel of the bro- the Brotherhood of the Barrel buttons that my dad kept from his friends uh, that were in the fire department, and it's it's one of those things where um, it's hard to explain to people who didn't grow up in a union household or understand the fight. I just I saw this and I was mentioning to the guys off the air that you know that, that there, there's a problem and issue with crime growing when the, uh, the the tools the equipment from some of the trades guys start getting broken into first. And uh, and I and I the same thing I feel with energy, like the momentum. There was a lot of pushback on unions. I feel like in the last ten years, and I didn't understand that teachers unions usually like they they're diminished and people are like ah you know they just want a lot of power. There was a lot. Do you, do you guys? feel like when our last president was in office, there seemed to be a lot of anti-union sentiment. Were you sensing that, Tony? 
Yeah, I would say. So. Yeah, it seemed it seemed to be growing, and now I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or seeing that the top five wealthiest men in the world doubled their wealth since 2020. That people, and then on top of that, the pandemic, and people are like, oh, I didn't have to work that way for you to keep making money off of me. People are starting to put things together a little bit differently, don't you think, Sean? Yeah, I think people are. I think people are fed up, which yes, is the spark of that's what I was the to say. union movement. <laughs> that's what I was gonna do. They're just burnt out. They're fed yeah. up. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Yeah, rent has never been higher. By Buying a house has never been harder. You know, it's just they're over it, and they should be. Yeah, and everyone should be. And that's what we're trying to encourage folks. You know, if and you, sometimes you don't know that there's something that you could be good at that you've never been given the chance to try. Wouldn't you say, Jimmy? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like, so did you ever? I mean, think that this. So we have Terrazzo with uh, with Tony. We've got uh, Marble with Sean. And what's yours? Tile. Oh, just tile. Yeah, ceramic tile. Ceramic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't mean to admit, like, oh, I know what those are. Uh, and, and like, a, for me, I, I see a really nice kitchen countertop, but obviously marble is in a lot of construction. Right. And tile is used in a lot of different functions. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Actually, it was my, uh, it was my wife's family. They were involved in the trades heavily. You know, their, uh, my, my, wife, my father-in-law, his father, their uncles, and they're the ones who introduced me to the business. And... Uh, I'm glad they. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Uh, I still have the scars on my back to prove that they. What they, happened they to your did. back? It was what just, were you carrying? They, it's how, a tough business. What kind of hazing you, is this? It's a tough business, and you got to pay your dues. And I was glad to do it with them. Yeah. Because they taught me the right way. Sure. And um and I and I have a a lot of respect for for the trade um this, you know the tile trade specifically um just because I know how much you know what it takes and the toll on your body it takes and uh but. The good thing is, is that we've had some great people ahead of us that had fought for uh, good contracts, and um, and in in my fellow brothers and sisters are able to be able to say, hey, one day I'm going to be able to, you know, call it quits and uh, have something to show for my work. You know, local pensions, international pensions, annuities. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. It's a, and so when you talk to young people, though, because I know that you guys are, are involved in uh, grassroots activism and, and spreading the word out there. So are, when you talk to like teenagers or, or kids that are in college, are we are we uplifting the trades in a way that is helpful to them to see the opportunities aside from getting a liberal arts degree? Not, uh, hey, I have a liberal arts degree, but still, I don't I don't think we're lifting them up enough. OK. And that's I think. um you know, I think it's the education system. I don't think it props up blue-collar trades. Their job is to get you from point A to point B, which is high school to college. Right. I don't think it's there really to make sure you succeed. It's just make sure to graduate you and go to college. And now with college being as high as it is, right. to bury yourself in $100,000 worth of debt, it's just it's such a bad place to be to start your life. Like you're starting negative 50 grand, 100 grand. Like that's, that's an insane place. And we can't blame anyone but ourselves because millennials and younger were told if you don't go to college, you're going to be a failure. Right. And now they all went to college and there are still failures. They just owe 50 grand or 100 grand. You know, not all of them, but, you know, it's they're not making it. And that what we're seeing is they're coming to the trades now at 30, 35. Right. And they're like, hey, I, I got college debt. I want to join a union. And we're like, it's not ever too late, but. You just lost 15 years and you owe all this money and now you're 35. Right. So Yeah, and, and I think that there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, uh, you know, like Lane, they eliminated all of their, their trades program because there was this idea that, oh, you know, we don't want people, kids to think that they, they it, it was a very much like just get a blue collar job. I had an eighth grade teacher. I'll never forget this. Uh, Mrs. Jordan. Uh, may she rest in peace. I, she, but she was like, if we, she was like, do you, what do you want to end up like a bus driver or something? And there, there was a lot of that. 
that, like in the 70s and 80s, like you would just want to end up in it. We, our entire, our lives are, are, are complemented by the people that do the work that make our lives easier and better, right? right. You know, I think, I mean, for myself, just speaking for myself with my children. So I had one son, AP student, knew what he was going to do off to college right away. The second one, not so much. So he wanted to take a little time off. And I said, all right, you know, you didn't want to go to college yet. All right. So he ended up, I come home from work, and I am really tired. I mean, this is after a couple of days of seeing him gaming, right? So I pulled his headphones across. I said, see me after the game, you know. Up close. Oh. He comes over, he goes, hey, what's up? I says, uh, I, got, I put something together for you. Here's a list of trades. He goes, what's that for? I says, well, if you think I get up at 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning to go to work, work my ass off all day long, and then you come, I come home and I see you on the gaming, I, that's not going to happen all summer. I said, so pick a trade because these, this is good money. This is career money. Right. He goes, well, I don't know. I says, son, you, I live in a middle-class neighborhood, middle-class house my whole life. Very comfortable. Great. I said, son, how, what do you think I make a, a year? He goes, oh, I don't know. I said, take a guess. What do you think I make a year? I don't know, 50 grand? I said, not even close, son. And I, I have to own that because I never had that conversation. He had no idea, yeah. no idea how he lives and what that. And, that, and what you need for that. that. You could get that on 50000 yeah. right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. know. And we used to be able to, like, people used to be like, tw- and not even, I mean, I can't even remember how long ago, but 50000 like if you came out of college and you were making 35000 in 1993, mm-hmm. you were like, you're on a good path. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, I don't know how you would do, how you live five minutes in Chicago on $35,000 a year. Yeah, but... And so, and so, how did the so? What did he end up? He's a he's a union school teacher. Oh, is he really? Oh, well, there you go. Well, so there you go. Hey, he, he's hey. doing okay. Yeah, that's uh, what, like grade school, high grade school, school. grade yeah, school. That's, school. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Do you ever tell me tell that story about him sitting on the couch? He's gonna hear it now. Hey, well, he just heard it now. But no, <laughs> I, I mean, no, he yeah, he gets it. Well, I, I think he got well, it. He, I mean, because now he's working and trying to inspire other kids so I, that maybe I, they I, find their I way. I would hope so. Yeah, you know? I, I would imagine. I mean, not everybody's an AP student. No. Right? Oh, no. I, I raised an AP student. And they the problem with, with my son and maybe with yours is that they, he always, his, for as long as I can remember, has always felt that he was smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Which, he might be right, but you don't got to <laughs> act like it when you're five, okay? Take it right. down a notch. <laughs> so how do, we, how do we help you guys amplify this? I, what, like, if we have people listening right now that maybe has a young person in their life, uh, and by young, I mean uh, anybody. Anybody. <laughs> anybody. Anybody 18 or older. And 18 or older. I yeah. mean, like, you know, like electric. Like there are social media influencers. Like there's a woman who's an electrician. Like that show. Like has a yeah, TikTok. Like, yeah, we've you've seen her. her? Yeah, <laughs> it's just the one. Apparently, it's just the one hot right. electrician. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. pretty cool though. She's yeah, badass. No, there's a there's a few out there. There's yeah. a few good ones out there that are spreading a message. Yeah. Um, and because I feel like that's one way, you know, that's that resonates with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously going into the high schools, what kind of reaction do you get to get from administrators at high schools when you say, hey, we want to come in and, and like for a career day and things like that? Oh, they definitely hold them. Yeah, they definitely hold. Yeah, days. they're in a lot of schools. There's a there's a um, 
you know, one of our groups called Cisco Construction Industry yeah, Service Corporation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they go to, you know, probably over 100 schools a year. You know, our training center, they go to schools. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a huge outreach, but you got to remember, too, like I would say, if, if we go into schools and tell all these guys or girls, hey, don't go to college and join the <laughs> trades, right. they're not going to invite us back over and over Fair. again. Obviously, they want outreach to the trades, but their main goal is what I believe is they're judged on how many kids they send to college. Yeah. So I do think that there's yeah. teachers that really care, that want their you know young students to go on to succeed and know, right. hey, this guy or girl is not going to make it in college. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what these schools are pushing. So it is kind of a hard battle to get this younger generation to, to see the you know purpose of a trade, especially when all their parents say, go to college, go to college. Can we get the trades in colleges? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, or just bypass college and right. jo- graduate from high school at 18 and get into a trade. And, and by 22, you could be making $100,000. And you can get a degree, by the way. It doesn't mean they'll never, you, you should never get a degree. I mean, you can go... It's also part of being a union is like mm-hmm. finding those resources to, yeah. to for further study, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for it. But at the end of the day, the sooner you start making money, the, the better it accumulates. I mean, we have young members that are starting out at $25 at 18 years old. They're 22. I mean, you know, they, they got 100, 200 grand in the bank. They have an annuity building. I mean, when I say these kids are going to retire as millionaires, they're going to retire as millionaires. Like they're making, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, sometimes higher Adult, you know, an hour for annuities. So these annuities are going to be one point five, one point seven right. million dollars by the time they retire if they they keep it up. So and, and they're getting better. I mean, they, they're, they're getting, getting better. better and better. So yeah. I mean, I told I told a young kid that I'm really proud of today that uh, you know about five years ago, maybe a little less. I told him I said, listen, if you do what I, I I'm asking you to do, you keep your chin to your chest. I'm going to put you around some of the best people on this job. You got an opportunity here to be great. And change your whole situation. I said, in five years from now, you'll be shopping for your first house. And he, at 18, he's looking at me like, what are you, nuts? And guess what he's doing? Right. He's shopping for a brand new house. Uh, you know, And it's just something, uh, it's, it, any one of our members can do that. It's all about investing in yourself and stepping up to the plate and uh, taking advantage of these opportunities that are in front of you. So there's a lot of them in the trades. Yeah, that, I think that's a great point. And I think that, that I think people uh, get uncomfortable thinking of we were comfortable talking about how expensive and how much debt there is for college. But you know, telling people like, you know, invest in yourself and, and you know, put money away and, and be able to retire. Like for some reason, talking to an 18 year old about that and, and linking it to the trades. I don't know where there's that that roadblock. Well, I think that's what Tony nailed. Yeah, with sitting, the colleges. Your, yeah. sitting your kids down and explaining money. They don't teach you money. They no. don't teach you wealth. No. They don't teach you debt. So sitting your kids down, and it's it was so taboo. Don't ever talk about what you make, but be like, hey, oh, yeah. you're not living this life off 50 grand. We're the first generation. Millennials are the first generation that are not going to supersede our parents. Every generation before did better than their parents, and now millennials are not. So you're growing up in this great life, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, I make 50 grand a year with no benefits. What, what am I going to do? And then you're trying to live this great life like you grew up maybe, and you're not meeting it. Because well, you're beating it. You're putting it all on your credit card. Yeah, or yeah. you're putting it in your credit card. Where you know debt is the highest it's ever been, and it's just crazy. We're just we're setting up this next generation for so much failure, and and I think what resonates is that people are tired of that, and they're tired of politicians giving these you know half-assed speeches and oh, I know what you don't. No, you don't know because you guys are all millionaires. You guys are making yeah. big money, and the middle class that's going down is not. 
And I think enough is enough. I think people are finally resonating with that. I think the pandemic hit and people were like, you know what? This is crazy. I'm, everyone's tripled their wealth except us. Right. And we're doing all the work. We were deemed essential workers. That's a great title, but no one got a raise. Right. No one got more benefits. No one got hazard pay. So you're just throwing these little words at us. And I think the people are fed up. And I think the unions are on the rise because of it. And it's been great to see. It really has. I mean, you know, hey, walking with the UAW and I was a strike captain for, for SAG after and again. Again, we you know we know we know where, where we are in the uh, the pecking order, but I think that you know with the length of the strike and what we talked about, and we said, look, I don't know if you guys know this, but our turnout for our vote was not great because people were disappointed in, in the protections for AI and things like that. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think for actors, because we are different, we, you know, we're like if we if we say no to something, we're, we're afraid we'll never work again, mm-hmm. right? Because so it, there's a lot of bias. Well, how you look, how you sound, you know, how skinny you are, those kinds of things. So on top of that, so we didn't vote very well for our AI protection. Only 39% of our members showed up for, I know, wow. that's, wow. for the vote. That yeah. 39% showed up for the vote. It was less than 40%, and that, it was very disappointing. And I think that it's hard to communicate that, that, the, that it, taking the stand is investing in our fu- everyone's future, for all workers. Right. Uh, and and that's, that, that's something we have to keep. I have the luxury. I do have a day job on top of, like when you talk about cobbling all these things together. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I learned it from my dad. My mom was a union member. She was, worked, was a federal employee. And uh, and she had all that, knew all that stuff. But when we talk about not teaching kids, I sort of had this slapdash of like one parent doing all these things. And I knew that it wasn't a great path. I took it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I'm still figuring it out. And I don't want, I agree. I don't want kids to be 52 and go and have a family and be like, okay, now what do I do? You know, so let's try to see how we can help people. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. If you have any questions or comments for our guests, we're in studio with our friends Union Proud Warrior. You can go to unionproudwarrior.com. Sean Allen, Jimmy Fulton, and Tony Demi join us in studio. Again, the number is seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. More in a moment. We come back on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal and KTNF nine fifty AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT eight twenty. Union Proud Warrior. Go to unionproudwarrior.com. Our friends Sean Allen, Jimmy Fulton, and Tony Demi are in studio. And we've been talking a little bit about uh, where we are with labor. And, uh, you know, the labor movement in the last couple of years has been uh, just remarkable to experience, to be a part of. Uh, I think that uh, – I don't know if you guys are seeing this in other states where they're trying to lower the child labor laws. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. I mean, if, in, for meatpacking plants and sawmills and – look, I get like, like school isn't for everybody, but a football player – in Wisconsin who's getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go work at a sawmill and loses his life mm-hmm. because they need more laborers. I mean, this is the whole This is the whole purpose of unions in the first place was to protect workers of all ages, of all genders, of all, yeah. Yeah. As children should not be getting chemical burns because they're working in a meatpacking plant cleaning. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, kids should not be getting out. Like, Indiana just proposed legislation that uh, up to eighth grade's enough, and then they can go work for commercial farms. No. I'm sorry. I, this was the whole point. So they're lowering their working age and they're hiring the re- the retirement age. Nikki Haley just said we all she wants us all to work till seventy. So let's start working at fourteen and then let's retire at seventy. Yeah. So you could just work your entire life and then just die. Right. Welcome to the new American dream. See, and here's the thing: what Sean was talking about before about investing in yourself and talking about being able to put money away and have a million dollars, one point five million dollars when you retire, is that like they're not going to do it for you. They just see no. you as a piece of meat to move along the assembly line right. and uh, to just turn and 
burn. That's it. it for, from 14 to 7, from the cradle to the grave. That's I mean, right. like, and again, like, and I don't know where you stand on this. I don't, I'm not going to drag you into this conversation uh, if you don't want to. But uh, there was one legislator in Wisconsin who was like, said we could, we could fix our labor problem if women would stop having abortions. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a line I need any guy to draw for me. No, that is not, not. That's literally from the cradle to the grave. Yeah, right. Like, what the? Our legislators are so out of touch, and I think people are starting to get frustrated from it because they're sitting up on their high horses with their huge pensions and they're, they yeah. have their pensions. Yeah. They have their lifelong insurance. They have their huge million dollars, but we don't. Yeah. And they just tell us, oh, don't worry about it. Just keep working. So I think that's where yes. the spark of people are getting fed up. And I hope that it, I hope it turns into a labor revolution. Like it's like, it, like we were created with the bricklayers union were, you know, created in 1865 we're the oldest organized labor group in America. And, you know, it was built on just like that child labor and people just being squeezed, working a hundred hours a week. People say construction's hard, but working three jobs seven days a week doesn't seem too easy to me. Driving an Uber, working a bartending job, working retail, working from one job to the next. I mean, that's that's not much easier. So, you know, and I think to that, you know, when you, again, with your with your son that was on the couch and, and with me, like, you know, look, my parents were working. Uh, they were working their butts off uh, as well. Like you know, my dad, you know, he was on call all the time because he went from being a cab driver to being a livery driver. And so he was on call like he had his pager. Like they, I, I was at a, uh, the Pine Grove. Do you remember up oh, by the by O'Hare? Yep. There used to be the Pine Grove restaurant. Yep. All the livery drivers, the chauffeurs would be there. And in the 90s, like all their pagers went off. I'm like, what are you, surgeons in here? <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all waiting for their fares, but I mean, like you know, he, he it, they were trying to survive then, and we have this moment now where we have more access to more information, we have perspective, and we have the opportunity to tell young people, uh, you know, do it the way you did it, maybe not the way I cobbled together, uh, you know, because I was chasing my dream, right? I wanted to be a stand-up comic, so I dropped. I mean, I, I ticked off my dad by dropping out of grad school, and and I thought, well, I want to go do that. I mean, it, it is, and it's okay to chase your dreams, but also to be practical, practical, to be grounded in. in Investing in yourself. I love that we're sure. talking about that way. You yeah. know, um, yeah. It's uh, it, it, and it's hard to talk to the teenagers and kids in their twenties because they know they're so smart. Well, and they're all on social media. They all want to be influencers. Yeah, and that's great. But you know what? You want to get paid. You want to make money. That's the key to success. Is the sooner you start, the better it is. Yeah. Get into a trade. Get into something that offers retirement. It's no excuses now because there's everything's on your phone. People are like, yeah. well, how do you do it? It's like, I mean, you Google, you know, oh every God. single thing, where to eat, where to go <laughs> right? out. You're on your phone 24-7. Yeah. You don't know how to find your way to a labor union. Like, no, come on. No more excuses. You get into a trade. And this is where we bring in. We have Union Pro Warrior. We're on every social media platform, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's no, it's no excuses anymore. No, no you excuses. Know? Reach out. We'll, the feedback if we don't know phenomenal. where to yeah. go, we'll, we'll we'll look at it. And we'll f- try to find a solution for you. So yeah. you have like folks that like guide somebody through the yeah, yeah. the, the mess- trades process. Yeah, they yeah, message absolutely. us all the time. How do I get into a union? You know, like, but a lot of them are out of these states that are red states, and it's it's sad to see. Yeah. But the thing that we have is we cross these bridges between the political spectrum, and you kind of realize that we're all in the same boat. Doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Do you have a pension? Do you have insurance? Yeah. Do you have, have you gotten a raise in 10 years? This isn't political. This is actually just human, like humanity of like, you're missing out and we have what you need and come join the fight. 
Come be a part of it. Yeah. Anyone tell, tell him to run for office? <laughs> oh, he, I did my time. Did. I, did, I, served, <laughs> I served as a Lyle Township trustee. I did my uh, my four years. I went, undefe- I went undefeated. So, I was going to say, because he's got... He's now I'm turning it into Union Pro Warrior. I'm turning it into the labor movement, and this is where yeah, I think it's more got important me than anything. I'll vote for it. What? what? <laughs> he keeps yeah. me young. That's great. That's amazing. Uh, we've got Glenn. Glenn from Orland Park is calling in. Hey, Glenn, what's on your mind? You're on with uh, with Tony, Sean, and Jimmy. Hey, how's it going? Good hey, I'm boy. a retired sheet metal worker. Uh, I was fortunate enough to retire at 59, and uh, I'm I'm living the life. I, I uh, but the main thing was my health care insurance. You know, being able to pay that, and fortunately, I I was paying into a special fund with the sheet metal workers that's taking care of my health care premium every month until I'm you know Medicare age for my wife and I. Yeah, but, you know, it. my father, he passed away at, at such a young age. He was only in his 50s. He was a cement mason. Oh, okay. So I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I uh, I didn't, you know, I kind of fell into this job, you know, and it just it panned out. And uh, I couldn't be more grateful. The, well, yeah. the, the union gave me a great life. You know, I, I can't say enough uh, good things about it. Yeah. Glenn, how so, old were you when you when you joined the union? Uh, I was like uh, 26 I was I was a little older, you know. Like I said, I I, I had other jobs. I was actually working with a, a non-union construction company, and they uh, they sent me all over the place. I was traveling, and uh, when I, you know, when we got married and had a kid, it wasn't it was it wasn't working. Me being gone, being out of town, I, I had to I had to be home. So I found, you know, found my way. I found my way to, uh, you know, I applied at some unions and. Got accepted with the uh, sheet metal workers, and the rest is history, you know. Oh, that's great. But, uh, God bless you. Yeah, 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 I was, and I'll tell you what, the uh, bricklayers, I have nothing but respect for you guys. It's it's a it's a great trade. My next-door neighbor actually is a bricklayer, you know. Uh, it's uh, all, all the union trades. I mean, it's it's a good it's a good living, you know. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. So grateful for this call, Glenn. I appreciate it. Love to hear. Is this your first time calling? Uh, no, I think I called you a few years ago, but I, I usually I'm kind of shy about calling. But I, I had to I had to chime in on this one. I know, but the event in the event that you don't, I'm going to give you a Friday first time or Friday gift card today because I suspect that you won't call me again for a while. Well, maybe unless the guys are here again. <laughs> but uh, we've got some uh, great gift cards. I'm going to send you one. So stay on the line, and Paul's going to take your information so we can send this out because I've got some great gift cards I'd love to share with you. Okay, at least one. Awesome. Thanks, Patty. Right. I appreciate that. Thanks of for course. calling in. Thanks right. for calling in, Glenn. And our, our, some of our sponsors are Gindo Spice of Life Hot Sauce, Brown Sugar Bakery, Crave Brothers Farmstead Cheese. We've got Sam's Famous Salsa, Timeless Toys, Rocking Buckaroo Pepper Jam and Seasoning Blends, Hungry Monkey Baking Company, Uve Kitchen and Wine Bar, and BootTights.com. So it'll be one of those wonderful companies that will give you a, we'll send you out a gift card. So thank you for that, Glenn. Uh, you guys, we're out of time. Is there anything you want to make sure you said before we left tonight? Just make sure to yeah. check out UnionProWarrior.com, follow UnionProWarrior on all platforms. If you're interested in joining Labor Union, Bricklayers and Allied Crafts are out in Elmhurst and their training centers in Addison. Outstanding. Keep an eye out for our community events. Uh, we're throwing out at least, we're probably, well, what do you think, about three or four? Yeah, three or four community events a year. We just did one last year on the south side at the Village Tavern Inn in yeah, uh, shout Canaryville. Out to shout out to Canaryville. And, um, and then we're going to do one up on the north side probably this summer. We're going to do a big one on the north side. So keep, you know, keep a lookout for all of our uh, big events that we're doing community as well as social media. 
Excellent. And uh, so hi to your family for us. <laughs> Tony, what do you, what, what you uh, say? I will do that. No, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you, Paul, for keeping the show running so smoothly. And uh, Mike Creed's up next with Devil's Advocates, followed by Matt McNeil. Bye, everyone. Have a great evening. Thanks.